Um, it's good to connect with all of you again. You know, the last time I saw you guys together was when I came for the um, Men's Monday um, last year. And I can really, I'm, I'm impressed to see the number of people here today and how um, Ayo uh, and the leaders here, you've really you know, done a great job. So I am extremely grateful. Um, you could have gotten the highest of the, the best of the best speaker in London, but you chose this one. Yes, forgive me if I don't sound as deep as um, Ayo. You know, he's a deep guy with a Bible passage. It's a working, working Bible. So I'll try as much as possible to be on my lane, on my level. All right. So um, I don't know how long I've got, but I I, I know that I'm going to take your time. Naturally, to add some is just introduction. But um, <laughs> but because we're here together, um, I'll just try and give you the word of the Lord and um, pray with you. Yes. So um, a couple of weeks ago, I think two weeks ago, I did a teaching online. I think it was a Sunday and I talked about, you know, the very original intention of God for man, how God designed man to be the makeup of man. And um, about I, I had prepared for this um, last week, but about 25 minutes ago before um, this call, the Lord just changed the, changed the topic. I'm like, here we go. We keep changing the topic. And um, it's asked me to, to, to teach on something that I call not like every other man. Okay. So I want to talk to you when I call not like every other man. And, and you might wonder, but what is the meaning of that? Um, not only is there a distinction between the gender and the spirit, the man and the male, okay? And because this is addressed to men, so I'll try to streamline um, this discourse, sorry, this teaching, like a seminary. But I'll try to uh, streamline this teaching to the nature of man. And um, from creation's design, um, how did God view man? Are, are we walking in our fullness? Are we walking in the fullness of what God has called us? For all of us in this place, you know, are we maximizing all that the Lord has put in our belly? Are you functioning in your call? Are you in the right place of operation? Are you in purpose? Are you doing all God asks you to do on the earth? Um, what are you doing? It's amazing when I look at the scripture when the servant who hid his talents stood before God. You would have thought, well, well, you didn't trade with your, with your talent poorly. I forgive you, but God was angry just because he didn't use it. So I think when we stand before the Bema City of Reward on the day, um, God is going to ask you, so what did you do with what I gave you? All right. So, and I think for me, and, and over time, I've, I've looked at scripture allegorically and placed myself in um, every respect that I can give, I get. And I think uh, what I want to share with you today is something that I believe would affect you and pull you through. I believe so. And uh, so if you have your Bibles, let's go as early as creation. Um, if you look at Genesis chapter number one, I don't want to spend time on Genesis chapter number one. All you find is the word God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. But let's break the word heavens. The New King James uses the word heavens. The Bible says God created the heavens, Shayanim, and the earth. Okay, but a lot of scripture, a lot of translation do not pluralize heavens because they their definition of heaven is a place. But when the Bible talks about heavens, it speaks of dimensions, okay? Because heaven as a place is in heavens as a dimension. Where God is at the moment is not, it's not, um, God is in heaven, but heaven is part of heavens, okay? When you hear the word heavens, what comes to mind, the plural of heaven, what comes to mind is the supernatural dimension. So you have heavens and you have the earth, okay? So what constitutes the heavens are angels, thrones, dominions, everything immaterial is called the heavens, okay? Of which heaven is part of. So when you hear the word heavens, what comes to mind is the very uh, is the very dimension of God's, uh, God's fullness. Hear me? Bible says it makes the heaven its throne, its earth is full to the earth is full to. So when you hear the word heavens, it speaks of all the blessings of the supernatural, the immaterial dimension, the immaterial world, you know, the blessings, the riches, everything that has God's name on it is in the immaterial world. But the Bible says God also created the earth. Okay. And if I spend time to go into heavens, I could spend time talking about the first heaven called the atmosphere, the second heaven called the constellation dimension, and the third heaven called the throne of God. But I don't want to go into cosmological theology today. But I want to let you understand the reason why the Bible pluralized the word heavens is because God is telling us, you know what, apart from this material dimension, there is a supernatural dimension that is not privy to the natural man or the ordinary man. Hence, 
the title of my topic today is not like every other man. So once you understand that heavens consist of the very nature of God, the fullness of God, and that's the reason why in chapter number one of the book of Genesis, all you find is the word God. So the Bible says, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said, and the word God in the Hebrew is called El, Elohim. The word Elohim is a plural down. So if you look all through chapter number one, the Bible says, and God said, and God did, and God created. It was God, 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 God. But when it got to chapter number one, verse 26, the Bible says, and God said, let us make man in our own image. Now, what's an image? An image is a reflection, a striking reflection of an object. So God says, let us make man in our image and let them have dominion. Now, on the earth. Now, the dominion God gave man was on the earth. Yeah, me was on the earth, but God said, Let us make man in our image. The concept there, let us make man that is like us, let us make man that has the nature of God like us, let us make man that has the, the fullness of God like let us make man that is on God on the earth. So, God, God created a government, God created a structure and administration to exist on the material world or in the material world. Now, as God is in heaven controlling the heavens and the earth, man was, the, was on the earth controlling the dimension of the cosmos. Amen, church. So man was on the earth. And why is this important? Because I want to make you understand what God did. So when God says, let us make man, that was the first convocation in the scripture. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost came together and they made man in their image. They made man like them. So man had the nature of God. Man had the DNA of God. Man was created to indwell, to have dominion on the earth. Now, once you understand that, uh, uh, that God had created man to, 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 to um, what they call to um, represent him on the earth, so everything on the earth has to, has to respond to man. And but, but the Bible says in chapter number two, once you flip your Bible to chapter number two, all you find it changes from God to Lord God. Now, the word Lord God is Elohim Adonai. So one other Godhead, which is Christ, had to make man. But if you have your Bibles, let's look at the text critically. Let's see what it says in Genesis chapter number two. Um, because I, I like to really break this and um, see how this goes. Okay, um, let's see verse number, verse number seven. All right, the Bible says, "Now remember, God had created created everything, and it was good." Now, in verse number seven, the Bible says, "And the Lord God again in verse number in chapter two, all you find is Lord God." The Bible says, "And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground." God formed man, the word is Yatsa, not Bara. He formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. If I had a Septuagint Bible, I would read it like this. And the Lord God formed a male or formed a human from the dust of the ground. Now, the Bible says when the God had a convocation, let us make man in our own image. The Bible says when God created man, in his own image, rather what the Bible said that God formed man from the dust of the ground, that was a complete human being. So what God did first was formed man, he formed the structure with the head and nose and mouth, the limb, the eyes, the belly, intestines and everything. So God already formed man from the dust of the ground. So the dust of the ground was a formed man. He had eyes, he had lungs, he had a liver, he had kidney. He was a formed man already. But the Bible said that God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And then man became. Now, a lot of people look at the Bible and don't have an understanding of what the scripture talks about. The Bible said this human being that God created only became when the breath of God came. What is the difference? Now, what God created before the breath was called a human being, but what became, became a spirit being. Two different things. Now, what God did, God understood that man was the perfect, you know, uh, the perfect um, host of, uh, 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 let me put it this way, that, let me put it this way, God created the human being on the earth, and the human being was formed from the dust of the ground. He had all the organs, the, the, the you know, the, the, the systems, everything, man was, man was complete. But the Bible said God had a convocation, and God said, you know what, now we have created a human being to respond on the earth. The very design of God was for man to respond on the earth, to respond, the Bible said, have dominion over the beast of the feet, over the fowls of the air, over the fish of the sea and, 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 and take authority to be fruit to multiply and all of these things. So God had already created a human being who was the administrator, who was the governor, who was the one who represented humanity on the face of the earth. But the Bible said that God said, you know what, there is no way, listen, that man in this nature, man in this, you know, makeup can have heaven's design. So what God was saying, God was saying, you know what, there's so much in heaven, there is so much in the supernatural dimension that this human nature, the version is on nature able to download the software of heaven. So what God said, you know what, well, in order for us to bring heaven on the earth, in order for man to walk in the fullness of, of God on the earth, we have to update his version. It's like my phone. This is the, the SX Max. Now, 
that there was some software that will be unable to function with this phone. Now, this is a phone already. And, and for me to uh, download some software, I have to update my phone. I have to update the version of my phone. So what this means was that in order for me to receive some downloads, I have to update the system, update the version. So what God, God had done, God said, you know what, man had been created. But you see, man cannot receive heaven's download with his human nature. The only way man can receive, he has to be upgraded. He has to be updated. And the only way to update man was to breathe into man the nature of God. So the Bible says that when God breathed into man the what is called metatauta. When God breathed into man, man updated his sub being human or living being. When God breathed into the nostrils, this human being, human being stopped being a human being, it became a living being. And what's the difference? The human being responds to the things of the cosmos, but the living being responds to the cosmos and the celestial dimension. So what God was saying, there was so much that man has, that man needs to function on the earth as an administrator. He needs to function on higher plane, on higher realm, and on higher dimension. And the only way we have to update is system. And I can imagine God putting God putting man on a on a bed and just trying to update man and to ask you know what i'm going to update your mind and update your heart and update you why because there's a download in heaven that's a dimension of god that has the software of christ a dimension of god that has the fullness of god in the heavens and the human makeup is unable to receive the fullness of god why because he wasn't built to receive supernatural dimension and the only way the man can receive this dimension he has to have the breath of god and the word the breath of god is called the ruach of god the wind of god the inspiration of god what god was saying yeah i have made a human being i have made humanity but guess what you Humanity cannot function in the fullness of the nature of God. The only way that humanity can function, humanity has to be updated and have to be upgraded. And what God did, God put man that he had created and God began to breathe into man what God was doing. God was clearing man's makeup and God was having some, you know, some... You know, so um, I don't know what you call it in computer time, but God was updating the system of one man. Why? Because there were supernatural realms of God that cannot be you know, downloaded by the human being. It can only be downloaded by the living being or by the spirit being. So the Bible said, and God said, you know what? There's so much that I have that I want you to replicate on the face of the earth. You see the scripture that says, thou shall not use the name of the Lord that God in vain. It is not a repetitive statement. It's, God is not saying, don't call Jesus, 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 Jesus. It means that if you have Christ, you have to represent him well. So what God was doing, God was creating an ambassador on the face of the earth who's not just a human being, but who is a living being. So man will be the very first host of his presence. When you look at the very structure of the tabernacle, there are four things that come to mind. You have the structure, you have the furniture, you have the priesthood and the offering. And man was the very nature of the four components. So what God did, man actually was the first tabernacle of God. God did not come to, uh, to Israel much like that. The very first tabernacle was man. Adam was the first tabernacle in the garden. Why? Because Adam had the nature of God. He had the life of God that made God indwell man. So you understand from scripture that man actually was the carrier of God's presence, the carrier of the life of God, the carrier of the breath of God. But this man is different from what he was. He was a human being and now he's become a living being. Why? Because as a living being, that's a certain, there are certain things in the supernatural dimension that will not come to this version called Oscar, but it come to this version called the spirit of Oscar. Bible says, and God breathed into man the breath of life. And Bible says that man became, the word became is the same word that metamorphosis, which means that's a trans tra um, transformation. Man was transformed from being a conventional human being to a living being. Why is this important? Because God expects man to walk in the, on the earth as gods. God expects man to walk on the earth, not just responding to things within this cosmos, but respond to things even outside of this cosmos. So what God did, God said, you know what, you will be an ambassador on the face of the earth, but you also be my glory carrier. So man was made a governor, an administrator on the earth. He was a God on the earth, meaning therefore he was called to rule and reign. The Bible says when God had created the man, he put man in the garden to shamar, to dress and to keep quiet, because God was teaching man the very design of understanding administration, to care for, to keep. So man was the administrator of the earth. Now, what's the difference? The human being actually on the face of the earth can be wealthy. The human being will get married. The human being will do life itself. But the living being is someone who has the life of Christ. The human being has breath. He has the physical breath. He has lungs, mouth, and everything. But the living being has the life of Christ and also a physical breath. So the living being is someone who functions on two dimensions. It's not a man who is just earth conscious or earthly conscious. It's a man who is divinely conscious. He is supernaturally conscious. Why? Because 
because he carries the life of God in his inside. Now, I began to ask the Lord, God, why should I say this to these people? And the Lord said, there are a lot of us in this place that are, that are living beings, but still acting like human beings. There are a lot of us in this place that have the very nature to access the supernatural dimension, but we've relegated ourselves to the things of this plane. We care about the things of this world. We care about the systems of this world. We care about the, the, the affairs of this world. When God is calling us deeper to press into the dimension of God and download heaven's resource on the face of the earth, God wants us to press into the fullness of who he is and press into the dimension of the heavens into that God wants us to be the carrier of kingdom on the earth. And that's the reason why each time I teach about the kingdom of God, I teach the kingdom of God as the administration of God's legislation on the earth. But it is not human beings that will bring the kingdom of God. It is living beings. Human beings bring democracy, but living beings bring theocracy. So it is the believers that are in Christ that will bring the government of God on the face of the earth. It's amazing how the world is looking for solution right now. But these are men who do not understand that solution right now do not come from living human being, but from living being. How do I mean? I understand that we are living in a time where people are asking God, so what's the plan after the COVID-19, but the people who were experienced the fullness of God are those who are walking on the dimension of the earth, the cosmos, and the dimension of the constellation. So God is calling us to walk past this dimension. It's calling us to fix our, our eyes on things that are beyond. It's calling us to walk on dimension that is not cosmological. It's calling us to fix our eyes on the very nature, the very system structure of heaven. God is saying that when you understand kingdom and you understand its administration, you will not walk on the face of the earth depending on the structure of the earth. The one of the Bible says become do not become formed pattern to this world but be transformed again metamorphic by the renewing of a mind what God, what Paul was saying that is that you have to be transformed you have to you metamorphic you have to change you have to transition by the renewing of your mind and your mind tells you that you're not part of the league of this world you exist in the heavens you exist with God in the heavenly places you functions in the realm of you function in the realm of God and all of you in this place God has given you access to the dimension of God you are not a man who will just born on the face of the earth and just walking around London. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. It means therefore that your administration comes from divine. And I understand there are certain legislation that do not work in our favor. But once you understand that you carry the very essence of God, you will speak from there on the earth. You see the human being will speak from here and try to speak to God in heaven. But the living being speak from the heaven to the earth and it's called government. Government is the administration of God's legislation on the face of the earth. So the Bible says when God breathed into man, what God breathed, God breathed his kingdom into man. God breathed his DNA into man. God breathed his life into man. Man was the carrier of the fullness of the nature of God's government. Man was the carrier of dunamis and iskos. Man was the carrier of the exousia. Man was the carrier of the power. So that's the reason why once you understand whose you are, that you don't win the war on this plane as men. The only way you win war against life is to take the war to the dimensions that you live. You are seated with him, but you suffer for him. You see, the part of you that suffer for him is the part of you that is here. But the part of you that is winning with him is the part that is there. No one of the Bible said before, I thought you in the womb and knew you. God was calling two kinds of people, the formed one and the known one. The known one is the one who sits with him in the heavenly places and the formed one is the one who suffered for him on the face of the earth. But once you understand that in order for the formed you to experience the fullness of God, you have to live the life of the known you. You exist in the nature of God and you're not like every other man. You're not like every other guy that walks on the street of London. You're not like every other guy that's on the face of the earth. You carry the kingdom of God. You command the legislation of God. You have the theocratic government of God in your inside. And that's the reason why you cannot afford to be on the face of the earth and act like every other human being. You are different. You are wired differently. Why? Because you have the inspiration or the ruach or the wind of God in your inside. You are different. You have been modified. You're not like every other man. You're no longer mortal. You have been modified. It means you have the nature of Christ in your inside. It means you have eternal life in your inside. It means you don't speak from the place of the cosmos. It means you that you die you, you exist with God in the constellation. It means that everything that you set your heart to do, your dimension of operation is not within the face, the surface of the earth. It's actually with the God in the heaven. So God began to teach me how men should walk because I've not called them to be every other guy, every other man. I've called them to live kingdom. Every man in this place, you must understand that you have the kingdom of God in your inside. It's amazing how they ask Jesus, you know, so how do you observe the kingdom? And Jesus says, it doesn't come by observation, but it is within you. Once you understand that the kingdom of God is the fullness of the righteousness, the fullness of the peace and joy in the Holy Ghost is in your inside so that you don't make your make up your mind or take uh, uh, make actions or, or, or make life choices based on the things that are around you. You see, once you understand that the, the, the kingdom of God that is within you, you understand that you know coronavirus won't even influence my 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 my, my 
my but the, the plan that I have for the coming season, why? Because you don't make plans based on coronavirus. You make plans because you are seated with him in the heavenly places. So, and God was de dealing with me on how to respond to his nature with spirit. Because his spirit would always quicken your spirit. And I understand that your body is world conscious. And your soul is self-conscious. And your spirit is God conscious. And I understand that God is quickening your spirit and, and, and aligning you and, and recalibrating you. And even in the time of in the time of you know, self-isolation and in the time of quarantine, God is able to tell you, even in this time, I want you to also understand that I'm making you find me the more. The more you press your knees to the ground and the more you lift up your voice in the worship, God wants to make himself revealed to you. A lot of us have done church so much that we've forgotten how to do God. And God is said, even in self-isolation, there's something in your belly, which is the government of God that is stirring up right now. Because I believe the next move you're about to see is the move of sun, the move of the sons of God. The Bible says creation grown for the manifestation. The creation has been in futility, but now they've grown for the manifestation, the apocalypse, the unveiling, the revelation of the sons of God. But the sons of God are those who carry the kingdom of God in their inside. Creation is not waiting for the man. Creation is waiting for the living beings. And you're not just a man, you are a living being. You are a man that have the nature and the life of God. So even after the coronavirus pandemic, get ready because God is aligning again and God is changing the narrative. God is bringing men from the back and aligning them in front because I believe in this season, one of the things the Lord is doing in this time, God is beginning to recalibrate the minds of men and bring them to the prophetic destiny. Even those of you in this place, there are many assignments that you have in your belly, many, many things you have you want to do, but you cannot function on that level as a man. You function as the man of God. And who is the man of God? The man of God is the man that has the kingdom of God in his inside. Okay, I'm going to read the scripture for you today. Uh, I like the book of Judges a lot. Uh, in the time of Judges, there was no king and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Uh, but what God did, God had selected some political leaders who were, um, a few of them were uh, prophetic people, but there was no you know, vision, um, as you see in the time of um, Eli and, and co. Um, but the Bible says that the Lord had done, the Lord had you know, selected a few guys who he would call um, the judges. These are political leaders. They would judge Israel. And, and even though in the time of the judges, the Israel had been taken as siege by the um, by the Philistines. But the Bible says in the book of Judges, chapter number. I might read. Let me read it from that. Judges, chapter number. I think it might be chapter number sixteen. Judges sixteen. Let's look at the life of Samson. Judges, chapter number sixteen. I read from verse one and end in verse seven. And for those of you that have an understanding already, you know the story of Samson. Samson was a man who was called a Nazarite. The word Nazarite means to be separated out. And a lot of you, all of you in this place are Nazarites, by the way. Not just because you don't have rights, but because you've been called out, you've been separated. And the Bible says in chapter number, uh, I think 15 or 14, 13 or something of the book of um, uh, uh, Judges, um, the angel came to Manor, the family, and said to him, you know what? Um, she to the woman, you will give birth to a son and he will start the deliverance of the Israelites from the hands of the Philistines. So we understand the mandate of of, um, of Samson. Samson was meant to be the man who will start deliverance, um, the, the Israelites from the hands of the Philistines. And you remember back in the Bible time that the Philistines had been bound, they had been broken, they had been messed up by the, sorry, the Israelites had been messed up by the structure and government of the Philistines. So we see Samson as the man who would threaten the administration of the Philistines. He was the man who would kill thousands of Philistine soldiers. He was a man who would put the gate of a city in his back, in, on his shoulder. He was a man who would, um, a man who would uh, tie foxes and and put uh, light their tails and make them burn the feet. He was a man who was very uh, apparently in the eyes of the Philistines, he was a notorious guy, but he was a guy who was chosen by the Lord. And we understand that Samson died in the Scripture. Um, I don't want to talk about his death today, but I want to talk about what led to his death, okay? Uh, because Samson refused to understand he was not like every other man. Uh, if you have your Bibles quickly, look at the book of Samson, book of Judges, not the book of Samson. Judges chapter number 16. And you know the story of Samson and Delilah already, right? Uh, okay. All well, Ayo? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm taking notes. I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> The Bible says, now Samson went to Gaza and saw Halot there and went into her. When the Gazaites were told, Samson has come here. They surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night but at the gate of the city. They were quiet all night saying, in the morning when it is daylight, we will kill him. They will kill Samson. And Samson lay low till midnight. 
Then he arose at midnight and took out of the doors of the gate of the city. This guy, man, took out of the doors of the gates of the city. This was how strong he was. Hmm. Bible says, and he arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two gate posts and pulled them up, bam, and all, and pulled them up. <laughs> this guy was, I don't know what kind of strength he has, but he pulled the gate of a city, all the bars, all the frame, everything, and put on his shoulders and carried them to the top. No, not just the valley. He carried them, he climbed the top. It was that he climbed the top, put the gate of a nation, a city, on his shoulder. And climbed the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Now that's no graph here. Now, as you understand the Hebron, the Hebron River, you understand you have to go through the Philistine region on the northwestern coast. Sorry, it's a bit of theology there. But it, let's just say climb the hill. Let's just any day. But I was going to give you the height and give you the the stress of what it means to carry a city. It takes actually to climb that hilly slope. It's like it's not fully tilted. You have to literally be on your breath. But Samson carried the gates of a nation. Now, he was a man who would mess up the gates of hell. He was a man who would mess up the gates of the enemies. The Bible says that he was that strong. Afterward, in verse number four, the Bible says it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Surik, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, entice him. Men of God, one of the things that can pull you from living being to human being is seduction. Uh, and as much as I try to make this very plain and clear, seduction will reduce the divinity that is in your inside. You carry the essence of God, but once you understand what sin is, it's amazing how the church knows how to confront Jezebel who carries Delilah. We don't understand because Delilah is not the one who is very shouty and loud. She's the one who speaks in tongues and prophesies like you and I. Delilah has a way of pretending so that you make, she makes you feel like she's one of you. So be careful of these ones. She's a kryptonite. She's not like Jezebel who is loud from a distance. Jezebel who wants to kill the prophet is very loud, but Delilah the word Delilah means softly spoken. And the Bible say that um, he fell in love with Delilah. And the laws of the Philistines came to her and said to her, entice him. And I could preach on enticing along for, for, for long. And, and see, enticing is not just about women. Enticing is about you're not just sexual. It is more sensual than sexual. Entice people, entice him with the with honorarium, and entice him with platform. I have seen people who do not complete their process in incubation, but for some reason, because of honorarium and big platforms, they had to skip out of the womb before their water broke. Why? Because they've been seduced by platforms and money. Entice them. What we have in the body of Christ today, a lot of people who have skipped the process and skipped the prophetic in the transition, they've been enticed by microphones, enticed by pulpit, enticed by network, enticed by connection, enticed by honorarium. And what has happened? You've dilated the process. You've skipped the womb. You've skipped the process. You've jumped out of the womb before your water broke. And we are wondering why we have a lot of men who have dysfunctional homes and dysfunctional ministries. You know the reason why? Because we refuse to stay processed and stay incubated until we finish the process. The Bible says that what these guys are done, they come to the land and say, entice him. Seduction is one of the kryptonite that can pull you down from a spirit being to a human being. It's like a virus. It will mess up your, your 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 device, you know. It reduces the worth of a device, you know. I don't know if you have had virus before in your laptop, your computer. You see how dysfunctional it is. You get angry, you get pissed. Why? Because for some reason, what the virus does, it begins to shut down your system and shut down the functionality of the system. And that's where a lot of us are right now because there's a virus called seduction that is shutting down the very essence of our makeup, the divinity of God that rests in our inside. Because what we've allowed in seduction come into our space. So the Bible said, number one, uh, that ties in and, and find out where his great power lies. It's amazing how the same word used for power is the same word used as iskos, which means the same wind, that same word power. But it, 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 the transliteration here is not a wind per se, but it means that great strength. The same word used as power was the same word when Jesus was touched by the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says, virtue left me, the same word iskos, not dynamite, but iskos. That same power has left him. The Bible says, and ties him to see where his where and find out where his great strength not just strength the word great in the greek is called hooper or which means more hooper great strength life so this guy's understood that samson is not like every other guy for a man to pull the gate of a nation and put on the shoulder he's an intercessor he's a war man he knows how to press he knows how to pray he was a man who broke the structures the system the government and the administration of hell he was a man who we understood hell was afraid of why because he's a man who would approach the gate of a nation the gate of a nation was the strength of a nation to know how strong a nation is is to 
look at the, the gates and look at their walls. But Samson was the man who was an intercessor. He would break the gate of a nation and break the gate of a city and put on his shoulder and climb a hill. But you see, the man who was so powerful before God and powerful before men, he would be enticed by seduction that he could control. Mm. And the Bible says, uh, and find out where his great power lies. They could have said, and find out where his power lies. But they understood that the power that something had is not just a power. That in the Greek, like I mentioned, it's called Hooper. It's not just a natural kind of power. What something had was not the power of a human being. What something had was the power of the living being, the power of the spirit being. Something can, couldn't have done this by himself. There is something behind something's power. There is something behind something's strength. So what the Philistines said to Delilah, find out how, what, what's the find out where his great uh uh, uh and find out where his great strength lies where his great strength like where where, where 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 what is the what what is behind his strength what what, what makes him powerful I, I know there are more there are a lot of powerful men in in the in, in the in the in the land of the philistines but what makes this guy's power, power is unique find out where his great power lies find out where his great strength lies why because something is not like every other man the bible says and by what means we may overpower him because there was no way they could overpower something as a living being you see a living being cannot be overpowered by because you understand where you are seated from a living being has the life of christ he has the power of christ but the human being can be overpowered why because the human being exists on this cosmic realm a living being exists with god in the third heaven who wants to overpower you in that, in that dimension nobody can but find out where his great power lies so that we may bind him brothers and sisters no, brothers, brothers in this place not sisters but brothers hear me you see one of the things the devil will do in this season is do everything to bind you find out where his great power lies so that we may bind him so that we may overpower him one of the things that the devil is trying to do in this season is to overpower the believer but you understand that you are an overcomer the word overcomer is the word nikayo which means that we win through christ but the devil will do things to overpower your mind and overpower your thoughts and overpower your will and make you feel you're not qualified enough and make you feel you're not fit enough to be a father and be a husband and be the man that God has called you to be. Why? Because one of the greatest tricks of the devil is to bring forth an overpowering scheme and make you feel like you are subject to his antics and schemes. But once you understand that you are a Nikayo, you are an overcomer, there is no overpowering works of the devil that can stand with you. Why? Because the devil can overpower a human being but not overpower a living being. A living being, you have an overcomer. When the devil tries to come and mess up with you, you understand you function not on this first heaven, not on the second heaven, but on the third heaven. And there is no way the devil can overpower you from the first and second heaven because you sit with God in the third place, in the in the heavenly places. So you are an overcomer. And the Bible says, find out where his great power lies and how we may overcome him. The word there, how is a strategic word. It's called stratagem. Now, what the devil is saying, you know what? Find out where his great power lies and find out how we may overcome overpower him. Now, one of the things the devil will do to us in this place is that he will overpower us through platforms. He will overpower us through money. He will overpower us through bitterness. I don't know what it is in your life that the devil has seen and as a loophole and see, you know what? This guy has issues with sex and fornication and masturbation and has issues with pornography and has issues with, you know, girls and, and stuff and, and weed and drugs and things that we know in the society men have a problem with. Why? Because the devil understand that once I understand their weak point, I will overpower power them and that's the reason why we give no thought we give no 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 uh, no place to the devil why because the devil is always looking at your weakest point and your weakest time why because he wants to overpower you so samson now was in love with a girl called delilah bible said that we may bind him now if you look at the text it's just frustrating find out where his great power lies enticing number one Find out where his great power, his great power lies. Suspect. Number three, we may overpower him. Number four, we may bind him. Number five, we may afflict him. And, and, and if I spend time to break all of this in the right words that he uh, would probably want to leave here today. But find out where his great power lies. Find out this guy that is, is, a, is a supernatural bulldozer. This guy who is an intercessor, who is a praying warrior. But this guy is, is, is extra other. Find out where that power lies. That we may do, number one. That we may overpower him, number one. That we may bind him, number two. And we may afflict him, overpower him, bind him, and afflict him. Now, this was a man who was meant to be a deliverer. 
of the Israelites from the hands of the Philistines. You see, a lot of us in this place, we don't understand that, that the nature of God in our inside has made us overcomer. We are being called to release men from the dungeon of hell. And the devil is not happier that, and he's doing everything within its remit and reach to overpower us, to bind us and afflict us. And a lot of times he doesn't afflict us directly. He afflicts those that are, that are part of us. He afflicts our friends. He afflicts our families. He afflicts our mind. He afflicts everything that we care about. Why? Because once he can break our soul, then he has access to our mind. So he finds every way possible to afflict us. And that's the reason why the Bible says, Paul says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. The word brethren is the word Adolphus. It's not Gogim in the Greek, it's Adolphus. Now, Paul was not speaking to the human being. He was speaking to the living being. Put on the old armor of God that ye might be able to contend against the corrupt wisdom, wise of the devil in the evil days. So Paul was saying, you have to be strategically dressed up. Make sure you cover yourself so that you can war against the power of hell that is messing up your mind. Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh, but you know the old story, you know how it goes. But Paul was saying the church must understand who they are so that they can get themselves up to war against the power of hell that is fighting the living being. And the Bible says that we may afflict him. And every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So the lady who kept the psalms, whom he loved because he never used discernment, will be the one to bind him. And the Bible says in verse number six, so Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies. Bible says where your great strength lies. And what, and with what you may be bound to afflict you. And Samson said to her, look at verse number seven. He said it a lot of times. I'm going to pick up verse number seven and a few verses. And Samson said to the woman in verse number seven, if you bind me with seven fresh bow strings, catch the word, if you bind me, not yet dried, then I shall become weak, yummy, weak, and be like any other man. Hold on. Any other man, but oh, hold on, hold on. So Samson was not like any other man. Well, Samson was saying, Well, if you bind me, Samson understood that he was not functioning within the remit of this cosmos. My power did not come from this realm. If you bind me, then I become weak, I become like every other man. Mm. So look at verse number 10. It's a lot to talk about. Verse number 10, and Delilah said to Samson, look, you have mocked me and told me life. Now, please tell me what you may be used to, what, tell me what you, you may be bound with. So in verse 11, it said to her, if they bind me securely with new ropes that have never been used, then again, I shall be weak and become like every other man. He said it again. So that's why he called the law of double mention. Now, if Samson has said it the first time, it's okay to say, okay. But Samson said it again. I will be like every other man. Hmm, and I'm thinking. This doesn't make sense. Then look at verse number 15 again. I'm just skipping. He said a lot of things. In verse 15, Bible said, then she said to Samson, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me all these three times. So he said, not like every other man three times, these three times. And have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass. Hear me? Listen, when the devil shows you his teeth, it's not smiling wrong. Stop trying to cast and bind what you can avoid. I beg you. And these are for men. Stop trying to cast and bind the things you can avoid. Stop trying to say, you know what, I've got a problem with porn, for instance. Stop saying, Lord God, you know what, please, Father, you know what, I don't want to watch porn today. I'm going to go, my please, go on your settings and make sure you, 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 you block all illicit content. Stop trying to bind and cast what you can be free from. Run from it. Mm-hmm. You know, I put it yesterday on Facebook. It's amazing how you see the church, rather, the church do not want to spend time taking themselves to the altar. The church do not want to spend the time, you know, as crucifying. The, they don't. They don't like the hurdles. They don't like the, the. They don't like the 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 pressure. They don't like the the stress of crucifying the flesh. So they try to cast it. H. 
we rather cast the flesh than crucified why because we know crucifying the flesh is a lot so we rather say just cast a ban you see but we see the church has missed it we keep crucifying the devil and casting the flesh but the truth is that that's to be the other way we must cast the devil and crucify the flesh but what the church is doing right now we are crucifying the devil which is impossible and casting the flesh which is impossible because you know the reason why the church wants to do they don't want to take their life to the altar it's easy deliverance is easier than crucifixion that's the problem deliverance I, I need deliverance now I, I don't want to be I, I don't want to crucify I just want deliverance why because in our mind deliverance is the quick feast instead of taking our lives to the altar so the church will spend time going to deliverance service for things that they can lay their life. there were many things that were called demon that's just flesh take your, your flesh to the altar stop casting the flesh it has to be crucified stop crucifying the devil you can't crucify the devil he has to be cast out so the Bible says, you know, she came to Samson and said, bro, I, I, I thought you loved me. I, I thought you had a heart for me. But why have you done this? And the Bible said, it's very profound. The Bible said, it came to pass when she pestered him daily, ladies and gentlemen. And see, the, when you hear the word daily in the Bible, it speaks of your sanctification is daily. Listen, the enemy of your sanctification is seduction. Seduction will pester you daily to make sure your sanctification is severed. I wish they understood what I'm saying. The devil will mess up, seduction will mess up your sanctification. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why the devil wants to mess up your sanctification is because he understands who you are. Sanctification is what will deny who you are, your supernatural realms and dimensions. Sanctification will pull you from there to here. It will bring you down from where you are seated and make you suffer on the earth. And the Bible said this profound. The Bible says she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. And the Bible said that he told all his heart and said, No razor has ever come upon my head. For if I am, if for I have been a Nazareth to God from my mother's womb, if I am shaving, then my strength will leave me, and then I shall become weak and then be like every other man. Now, this was what something told the woman. The Bible said, then Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart and sent and called the Lord of the Philistines, saying, come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hands. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees. Be careful, listen. Be careful of the things that will caress you in this season. Now, never, 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 never build an altar on the lap of a woman there were two kinds of people in the bible you find there were two men who slept on things uh, and these two men had different encounters there was the first one who was called jacob jacob was running from his brother the bible said and he found a stone and he rested his head on discomfort he rested his head on a very uncomfortable stone and the bible said his eyes was open hear me church there were two people who rested their head on something one rested his head on the stone his eyes was open one rested his head on the lap his eyes was blocked uh, now the question is this uh, how much you see depends on where your head is Brothers and brothers, no brothers and sisters. The Bible says, and Jacob rested his head on the rock in Loza. And the Bible said the angels, the heaven was open, and he saw the angels going to and fro the ladder. And the other man we find in the scripture later, it was called Samson. Samson also rested his head, but this time he rested his head on comfort. He rested his head on seduction. He rested his head on things that can kill his soul. And the Bible says that the, the Lord of the Philistines are coming. And the Bible says she loved him and began to caress his head. And the Bible says she called a man now, it wasn't a, a, a strong uh, a, a army that that, that plucked it was a single man but my question how did samson miss it so bad a samson who would pull the gate of a nation on his shoulder it took a single common man a man was able to pull down the man Samson. Why? Because he had rested his head. He has given sacrifice. He has, he has, he has rested his head on the comfort of seduction. And the Bible said it took one man. One man came and shaved his seven locks. And then she began to torment him. Now, she was only able to torment him when he's lost the glory. Yeah, me church? She was only able to torment him when she has brought him from the high dimension to the low dimension. She had, was only able to torment him when she had gone back to, to his, when he had gone back to his old version. Remember, Samson was done like every other man. Samson was a supernatural man. But the reason why she couldn't torment him all this while was because Samson had the shield. He had the fragizo. It was fragizo. It was a stealer. Samson was covered. Why? Because he functioned on the realms of God. But one of the things that she did, she made 
make sure she had to demote Samson and make sure she had to reduce the version of Samson from a living being to a human being. So the Bible says when God breathed into man, man became a living being. But what she had done now, she had taken the living being back to the human being. Why? Because no man can oppress a living being. No demon can mess up a living being. The only way oppression can come is when you are demoted for a living being to a human being. Why? Because as a living being, you sit with God, but as the live as a human being, you suffer on the earth. The Bible says she began to torment something, and the Bible says, and until it is great strength lies and the lord and said to the philistines are upon and she said the philistines are upon you samson so he awoke yeah, from his sleep so samson was a man who was meant to be a, a, a watchman an intercessor because he carried the gate of a nature on his shoulder but samson now was asleep brother brothers in this place i beg you it is time of self-isolation it is not a time to sleep on the comfort of seduction it's the time to plant your knees to the ground and begin to release the sound to the heaven god is raising men in this season who understand the power in of incubation whilst you are pressing your knees to the ground and say lord god even after the coronavirus finishes lord god i want to be one of the agencies of change make me a revolutionary make me an agent of revival god is seeking men in this season who understand the power of posture who will not submit their head to the loins and to the womb and to the lap of a woman called delilah seduction is locking around the door and the devil is messing up people with the dna of god but what will keep you safe in this season is understanding that my knees are planted to the ground i refuse to be overtaken by the works of hell i am an over Comma. Even when seduction tries to play his card on me, and I feel that sometimes I'm lowly, I just want to do some crazy stuff. I understand that I am an overcomer. Never put your head on the comfort of seduction because what seduction will do, it will mess you up and reduce your identity in Christ and make you, make you a, a human being. But God is calling us to even grow taller and grow further, even in a time of quarantine. God wants you dead. Hear me, church. What makes you a man in this season is not how much you expose yourself, but how much you dig your tomb. God is looking for men who understand the power of digging that. I was sent to France ago, not long ago. What qualifies you to be a prophet for the next season? It's not your diploma from Bible college. What qualifies you to be a prophet in the next season? It's not your, your certificate from an online school. What qualifies you to be a prophet for the next season? It's not how much you went to school of the prophets. What qualified you to be the prophet of the next season? It's not how much you learned the Greek and the Hebrew. What qualifies you to be the prophet of the next season is how much you are able to present your gravestone. Show me where you died in self-isolation. You see, for a lot of people in this place, your self-isolation is just hiding yourself. And I believe God is said go further than hiding you need to die some more god wants dead men because dead men don't respond to seduction he wants you dead he wants you to die and stay dead. What we have into this church are men with fleshy, fleshiness on the altar. And we are tired of having your eulogies. I am tired. I said to my men no long ago, I am tired of having to organize your funeral services. Why? Because yesterday you died, today you are waking again. Why? I am tired of coming to church every Sunday and read your eulogy. I am tired of coming to church every Sunday and read and, 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 and do your funeral service. Why? You died of you died your flesh on Monday, but on Wednesday you came out of the tomb. Why? Because somebody posted on Facebook something you don't like. Why do we allow things of this world try to steal us from the crucifixion that is meant for our soul? But God is saying in the season, never let nothing bring you out of the tomb that is meant to crucify your flesh. And the Bible says, I'm ending. And the Bible says that he woke up like every other man. Samson, the Philistines are upon you, so he awoke from his sleep and said, see what he said, I'm going to end with what he said. I will go out as before. But he, doesn't, he didn't realize that he had gone back to the human being. He thought he was still a living being. I will go back as before. I, I will go back as I used to pull the gate of a nation and, and, and kill Philistines. I will go back to my very DNA of God. I will go back as Kabash and pray. Bible says, I will go back as before, as other times. Bible says, as, as other times, and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord has the from him. He didn't realize that the kingdom, the power, the nature, the fullness of God has left in the Philistines took him and plucked his eyes and took him down. There was a man who took the gate up, but now they took him down to Gaza. Let me help you understand. What did the Philistines do? They plucked his head and plucked his eyes. Why did they pluck his eyes? Because the devil understands that. How can you be a visionary with that vision? How can you be a man who wants to become the deliverer of Israel? Why? The devil will pluck at your vision to truncate 
your mission. And I understand there are a lot of people in this place who have prophetic vision to be the next great man of God, to be the next great father, the great husband, the great this and the great that. But one of the things the devil will do, the devil will try to pluck at your eyes. And what I find into this church amongst men are men who have lost vision. Why? Because they rested their head on the comfort of seduction. And these are men who are meant to walk in the fullness of the power of God. Men who are meant to walk in the nature and the fullness of Christ. But they have been reduced. Why? Because of seduction. Brothers and sisters, one of the things that will pull you down from the place where you are seated to where you are suffering is seduction. And I want to say this to you, brother, brothers in this place. I understand that the times are hard. And I understand that you've been lonely. I understand you want to do family. I understand that devil has been speaking to your soul from time and telling you how you're not good enough. But you need to rise up this day and say to the devil, listen, I know you are messed up. I know you're trying to mess up my DNA and mess up my destiny. I know who I am. I know who I am. I am walking in supernatural purpose. And I know that you want me to come down from where I am to where you are. Because the devil also had also that same nature. He had the fullness of God. The Bible says, and the angels, which left their first estate, it speaks of Oiketarian. Why? The devil understood that he had an estate. He had the very nature of God. But he also left the first estate and came to the earth. And that's what the devil does everything to make, make you miss your prophetic DNA. But I believe there were men in this place who will say, devil, you look, look at me. I will not lose this identity for nothing. I know who I am. I know there were times I go through pressure of life. I know there were times I am depressed. I know there are times I, 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 I begin to, you know, uh, whine and throw tantrums. But I understand that you want to pull me down from where I'm seated to where I'll be suffering. I know that I'm not just like every other man. I am a man that has the nature of God. I am the carrier of the glory of God. I am the carrier of the Shekinah, the Kabod, the Kabod. I am the carrier of the very essence of God. I know who I am. I'm not just a man who was married with Keita. I'm a man who had the nature of God, the life of God, the essence of God, the fullness of God. I carry the power of God in my inside. Once you understand who you are and who you are, there is no work of the devil that can seduce you. And I understand that when the devil comes, that you are fully proved. Why? You have the cover of God. You have the capo of God. You have the sfragizo of Christ. You are covered. Why? Because you understand that I will not trade my prophetic assignment for pleasure and for seduction. I've come to tell you today, brothers, and I understand that you've been gathering here from time and sometimes we may not know what you're doing at home and sometimes we may not understand the pressure you feel at home and sometimes there's no food on the table and sometimes there's no roof over the head and sometimes it looks like you cannot even dress and keep as God instructed you but one thing I've come to tell you today that do not trade your prophetic assignment for the seduction that is around locking in this season why? Because God is about to promote you to the next level even in this time of self-isolation and quarantine God is saying to tell you get ready for the next level and I've come to lift up then in this place that looks like the devil has stolen your DNA and your identity get ready for the next season of your chapter of your life I pray today that as you're under the sound of my voice God is about to revolutionize your life and make you what he has called you to be there is no agency of hell that can pull you from who you are and what you have God is recalibrating you God is orchestrating you God is remodeling you and God is saying to tell you you're not just a human being you are a living being and because of that you are more than conqueror you are walking in the fullness of God the power of God and I've come to prophesy tonight in the name of Jesus that everyone under the sound of my voice, uh, that God is elevating you and changing you and recalibrating yeah. you again. I believe yes, in this thing of God in your inside, and we curse every spirit of the ancient one uh, and every gate of hell that tries to steal your identity and your DNA. And I call for the men to arise in this place uh, because you look like every other man. You're the man of God that had the life of God. Uh, I curse everything that comes in the form of seduction. I curse everything that comes in the form of manipulation. I comes I curse everything that comes in the form of affliction. You will not be afflicted by the counsel of hell. I speak in your life and speak to your life uh, that you will not be broken by the system of seduction i pray for the men in this place uh, that you will arise as men that you are you will build and you will plant uh, you will pull altars down uh, and you will walk as men for the next season and for those of you in this place get ready even after the coronavirus the lord said to align yourself with what it's about to do god said i'm going to honor your posture that's the word of the lord i will honor your posture for those of you that have taken the same kind of posture even in the season of quarantine god says some of you need to die some more don't just lock yourself in your house but dig your grave uh. god is said for those of that I've learned to crucify your flesh. Get ready for the next season. For I'm pouring down my new grace and my new spirit will come upon the fresh people that understand that's a great revival that's happening. And for those of you that have aligned yourself, get ready for the word of the Lord in this season because you will know that I am moving through these verses. But you're not just men of mortal bodies, but you are men with kingdom in your inside. And I've come to prophesy today that everyone in this place that is a man, that your DNA will respond to the very nature of God. I speak the software of heaven. I speak the apps of heaven. I speak the applications of heaven. I speak downloads to come to your spirit. Uh, the presence yes. of God, the fullness of God, the power of God uh, to hit your spirit. Uh, and I decree that it is so in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Yes.